Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house today. Happy Independence Day, July the 4th. Join us as we worship the Lord today. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come and feel the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. nothing worth more that could ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord. Holy Spirit welcome come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your glory god is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Let us 
this experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness holy spirit you are welcome here come from this place and fill the your glory god is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence lord Glorify, glorify. 
redemption and he is our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if his grace is an ocean we're all sinking so heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way that He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves. Yeah, He. thank you today that you love us so much and Lord we just uh, pray God that you would just help us today as we worship you as we uh, listen to your word and hear your word Lord we pray for brother Darrell as he delivers your word God that you would just uh, anoint it Lord and that we would understand it and we would uh, receive it Lord we thank you uh, God for this day that we celebrate our freedom and we pray God that you would help us Lord to uh, make sure that our freedom uh, is in you Lord, we pray for all those that are uh, missing from us today, and we pray that you know, your safety, uh, their safety upon their return home, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bible, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, 7 through 14, the same text as we used last week, and um, different thought, of course, Hebrews 3, 7 through 14, and I've, uh, there's so much in this, in this text that we're going to read, so many different thoughts, and I've tried to move along and faster than what it, it will be, and every time I try to do that, I feel that nudging, touching of the Holy Spirit asking me to slow down because there's something he wants to say every week. And I was going to go on to a term in this text that we're going to read called the deceitfulness of sin, how the, how the writer uses that term, the deceitfulness of sin. I was going to get that far, and I feel that, that uh, touch, I guess, 
ins the instruction from God's Spirit. I want you to slow down, and I want you to deal with this this week. And and uh, I think I feel the Holy Spirit telling me, just stay with me, stay with me. And so here we go. Uh, we'll read the, exactly the same text, but a different thought. Hebrews chapter three, seven through fourteen. The Hebrew writer, the Hebrew pastor talking to that Hebrew church in that day says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and then he's going to quote from Psalm, Psalm 95, the last part of Psalm 95, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the, the wilderness, when your fathers tested me and tried me. And of course, if you don't get that, He's talking about that uh, major period in the Old Testament where the Israelites came out of captivity, came out of Egyptian captivity, and were in the wilderness. And what we're going to get to is specifically that point where they're in the wilderness going to the promised land. They get it right up to the bank of the Jordan, getting ready to go into the pr promised land. That's the time when they sent the 12 spies came back, 10 spies said, no, we can't do it. Two of the spies said, we can. They didn't do it. They get all that way, all that they've been through, get right up there to the boundary of the promised land, and they don't go in. That's one of the most discouraging stories that you can read in Scripture. But anyway, that's what Psalm 95 is referring to, and that's what the Hebrew pastor is referring to where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that, with that generation and, uh, and said, they always go astray in their heart. We already read about, in verse 8, the hardened heart. Here is, verse 10, the straying heart. And they've not known my way. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now here's the pastor speaking to his church beware brethren lest there be in any of you like there was them beware lest there be in any of you and here's another one an evil heart of unbelief there's a hardened heart a straying heart and an evil heart of unbelief and departing from from the living God but exhort or encourage one another every day while it's called today Lest any of you be hardened, there it is again, through the deceitfulness of sin. Lord willing, we'll deal with that next week. For, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. To the end. The journey's a long one. If we hold the, the, uh, the, our confidence steadfast and to the end. There's an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements, if you'd like to use that. This first screen, we put this on the screen last week, so I'm not going to deal with this very long at all. We talked about the heart. If you remember, just real quickly, I'm not going to re repeat last week hardly at all, but we talked about the heart, the condition of the heart, what the heart, heart wants, and so we talked about an, an idol, and, you know, we, none of us want to admit that we do that kind of thing. But an idol is something that you carry. It's all on you. 
Jesus is someone who carries you. Okay, that was last week. But the heart is the seed of who you are, but more specifically, your heart is what you love, what you trust in. And I think those two things are important, the distinction between those two things, what you love, what you trust in, because you can do one, you know, not the other, but it's both, what you love, what you trust in, what you think about most, and what has you. Then the scriptures, Proverbs says, guard your heart, from out, for out of it come the issues of life. Matthew, Jesus said, where your treasure is, what you love, there will your heart be also. And then Proverbs 3 is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own under, understanding. So there's the heart. I want to move on real quickly. We talked about that last week. I'm not going to go over all that again. The next one, what we're going to de deal with is those three things that the, that the writer deals with. Verse 8 is harden, a hard heart. Verse 10 is a straying heart. And then verse 12 is that evil heart of, un, of unbelief, a hard heart. Uh, and the writer saying, be careful. Be careful on this long journey that we're on, the journey into the end. And what I'm going to ask you to do to, today as we go through these, what the scripture talks about, I want you to think about yourself, not the person next to you. I don't want this to be about, oh, so-and-so was here. They could have really... They could have really got, got something out of it. I mean, that's for, I don't want it to be, this is for somebody else, okay? I want this to be about me. I've got to examine myself, and I want you to do the same thing. So, hardened heart, be careful. Hardened heart is, it's stiff. It's not flexible. It's not easily moved. It's getting to that point, and you may not be there, but it's getting to that point where you no longer care. Okay? It's, your heart's, you can tell it. I mean, you can just tell it. It's getting stiffer, not as flexible. I'm not, it takes more to move me now. I'm getting to where I don't care as much. Uh, it could be. It could be some red flags that your heart is starting to get hard. And the pastor was telling his church, and I'm asking you, to watch out for that. The, the Israelites, as they, as they went through the wilderness, that's what happened to them. It's an, it's a, this is, uh, you, know, you know me, and I often encourage us, let's not get caught up on the emotional part, but emotion is part of who we are. It is, and we can't get away from that. I don't want to base my Christianity on emotion, but I, at, at the same time, I don't want a Christianity that is emotionless. I don't, want, I don't want stoicism. I want the whole works, okay? And so the heart, on the hardened part, this does touch on our emotions. In the scripture reference, Matthew 3, 9, Jesus is in church, and there's a man in church who has a withered hand, whatever that means. You just have to picture that in your head. So there's a man who comes in church with a withered hand. Jesus sees the man... Now, it's on the Sabbath day, of course. He's in church. It's on the Sabbath day. And he asks the man to stretch forth his hand, and, and Jesus heals the man's hand. And the people in church are all upset because he did it on the Sabbath day. They didn't care 
that this man had come to church week after week with a withered hand. They didn't care anything about that. They were more interested in the day and maybe a rule that they had instituted about that day, but they, didn't, they had gotten to the point that they no longer cared about the man, the people. Their heart had gotten hard. And that's exactly what Matthew 3, 9, that's, that's what came to mind. That's the reason I picked that. Because it's, uh, Jesus said, and it's recorded in Matthew, that Jesus looked around at the people in church with anger. There aren't very many times at the Bible, there's, there's two or three times where it says that Jesus is angry. This is one of the, one of the times is because of people's lack of faith. But that's not what this was. One of the times was when Jesus went into the temple and made the whip, twice he did that, made a whip and drove people out of church because of the way they, they were acting in church. I mean, he's mad, okay? Uh, anyway, I'll move on from that. Matthew 3, 9, Jesus looked about, around about them, looked at them with anger. The only time he's done this for this reason for the hardness of their heart. He became angry. It's an emotion, right? Jesus became emotional because of their lack of emotion. Okay? Now, I know there's more to it than that. But Jesus becomes emotional for their lack of, their lack of emotion. The opposite of love is not anger. The opposite of love is what? Indifference. It's where, you, it's where people can come to church in pain and it doesn't bother you. It's where you can walk right by pain and suffering and you see pe people in need and you can walk right by it and it doesn't bother you. There's something going wrong, there's something going on, and there's something going wrong with us when we can see the pain in people, we can, we can see what their need is, and we just we are the... The three characters in the story of the Good Samaritan who saw the Good Samaritan in the ditch and they walk on by. But the Good Samaritan didn't. But we can, if, if we're not careful, if we don't guard our heart, we start to lose the emotion of people, of seeing the need, seeing people in need, and it no longer bothers us. When you look around and it no longer bothers you. You need to do something. You need to go back and start over again or something. You need to, that's, a, that's an issue that you need to get along with God about God. And hey, I guarantee you, I've, I've, I've seen it in, my, in myself. I've seen it so often in myself. I know part of it is this. The last verse we read is, be careful, the the journey's long. Be sure you get there to the end. And I know that feeling where the journey is long and, it get, and, you, and you get tired sometimes and you get tired of the need because there's so much need out there. But be careful that that being tired, getting, you know, wore out from the need around you be careful that it doesn't start affecting your heart. Now, I've had to often stop and say, you know what, I need, to, I need to get a hold of myself because I just walked right by pain and it didn't bother me. 
I just walked by, by suffering, and, it, and I didn't care. I need to get a hold of myself and get back to where I know that I need to be. Guard your heart and watch out for that hardness of heart. Uh, anger is not the opposite of love, but, in, but indifference is. Now, I want to remind us again, before, as we go on to the uh, go on to the straying heart it'll be on your screen it's also on on your on your outline that we are talking and he is referring primarily to this event in the wilderness the Israelites want they're just constantly wanting to go back okay they're, you know everything every every it seems like every time a problem come, comes along their their answer to it is is let's let's go back you know let's go back to Egypt and they'd forgotten what Egypt was like. They were slaves there. And they had, for, they had forgotten what that's like. But a straying heart. I'm, I, I say that to say this. A straying heart is not so much left and right. Okay, it's not so much left and right. It's going backward. Because that's exactly what the issue was. In the, in the wilderness, whenever things were going wrong things weren't going right nobody ever said hey let's take a different course uh, let's go this way maybe that'll be better they, they never said that said let's go back let's go back to the way things used to be let's, let's go back so a straying heart is not so much left and right it's going back this life is not a sprint but it's a long distance journey that's what life is it's a long distance journey straying is wanting to go back not forward where everything is familiar and seems safer it's always wanting to go back not forward it's uh, when you try something new the Lord maybe has dealt with you prom prompted you you feel that inclination you feel the unction that's a good word the unction of the Holy Spirit to do this or to try that. And things don't work out so well. And it's not easy. You heard me say this. I hope you've heard me say this. If you've been listening, you've heard me say this. I don't know hardly anything in life that's good that's easy. Okay? The good just doesn't seem to be easy. So we, we get started on a path or a journey that we feel like the Holy Spirit has has caused us, asked us to do a job, a task, whatever, a ministry. And it's not easy. And we run into problems along the way. Well, of course you will. Of course you will. Because that's what this journey is like. It's a long distance and there's all kinds of obstacles along the way. And so the tendency is, well, a straying heart says, you know what? I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to give up. I want to go back. I want to go back to the way things were. I uh, hadn't planned on this, Matt, so we're not going to have anything on the, on the screen here. But uh, I used this in a funeral a while back, and it came to me this morning. And so not going to be anything on the screen. You're going to have to take your Bible or your phone or your iPad. I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. I want to show you something. Very familiar, and if you don't have your Bible or your phone with you, you're gonna, this is going to make sense to you. But I do want you to read along with me. I, I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 1. 
We're going to read down to verse 8. Genesis 1, 1 through 8. Now we're talking about wanting to go back. Wanting to go backward. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the, over the face of the waters. That's a, that's a message isn't about that, but that, isn't that a cool way to put it? The Spirit of God was hovering over the water. I wish I could see that. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning, I want you to see this term, uh, phrase right here. The evening and the morning were the first day. Okay, the first day. Then, see that next word? Then. Next. Okay, next. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament. And let me say this. I wish you were up here having to say firmament over and over again because it's not easy, okay? Uh, we're under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning, here it is, were the second day. The first day, the second day, and if we read on, you know how this ends, right? The third day and the fourth day. Do you see how God works? And I am a passionate believer in a literal six-day creation. Nothing else makes sense. <laughs> and I want everybody to hear that. Nothing else makes sense. Since day three depends on day two. Day four depends on day three. Day five depends on day four. It's got to get there really quick. You can't wait a thousand years. It's got to happen next day. That 24-hour period is a very important period. It's got to happen quick, quickly. But God goes from one to two to three. That's the progression of God. It moves forward. Forward. Never backward. God never takes us backward. He's always taking us onward. There's always something next. We don't look back. We don't go back. Unless you're Israelites not willing to cross over into the promised land like God told you to do. If it would be easy, everybody do it. It's not easy because we're trying to do something good. And when you're trying to do something good, it is tough to do, even though God is leading you the whole way. Hey, that's what this life is. It's God taking us by the hand, leading us through difficult things, but it's always onward. The most common analogy for our relationship with Jesus is a walk. It's a walk. 
We're moving with him. We're walking with him. And as we're walking with him, the landscape and everything around us changes because we're moving. He's not walking backward. He's walking forward. And the creation of God is, is the perfect analogy of his relationship with us. It's the perfect analogy of the personality of God. It's the perfect analogy of what God thinks and how God feels and what God does and what he's trying to do. Straying is going backward. I, I get it. I really do. Uh, I do. I want to just... Man, the times I want to just, you know, quit. I want to go back to what I used to do. It was easier. Yeah. But, you know, it was coming a day that I'm going to stand before God. And, I, and I'm going to have to give him an account of the time that he's let me have here. And I do not want to stand before God and say, well, God, I just, I just quit. You know, I just quit. And I got, I got tired I just quit. I don't want to do that. I do not want to be that guy. And so straying is not left or right, but it's backward. I want, to, I want to make sure that we all get it. This isn't for the person sitting next to us. It's not for the next guy. It's for me. This is for me. It's remembering what God's called me to and keep on doing it. Now the next one, the evil heart of unbelief. When you read that story in the Old Testament, how they got up to the edge of the, of the promised land, Jordan, Jordan River, hey, they've already crossed through the Red Sea. This Jordan River is nothing compared to what they've been through. They get up to the Jordan, and I know something's got to happen here for them to be able to cross. But you know what? They ought to have been thinking, hey, you know what? We went through a sea on dry ground. Now, there are some people who, who imagine that, that, well, God didn't really part the water. There was a strong east wind and, and, and all that, and that's what made Hey, but there's one issue that you cannot get away from. They crossed through on dry ground. Okay, you can't get away from that. I don't care how strong the wind is, that seabed was dry. You can't get the wagons across if it's, if it's not. Now, they saw God do that, and they saw the waters part, and then they saw the Egyptians come into that trough, and then they saw the waters come back down. They saw all of that. They drank water from a rock. They went out every day and they gathered quail. They didn't shoot quail. They gathered quail up off the ground. And there was something called manna, bread from heaven. And they went out and they gathered that every day it was there, except for one day, the Sabbath day. They saw God do all of that. Can you imagine as, as, as you read that story, what is wrong with you people? And, but, then, but it's not about them people, is it? It's about us. This message is about us. Now, it's real easy. Every, every Sunday school class do, does this. Oh, if, if, that, if it would have been us, we wouldn't have done that. You know, we all think that. I, I think that. 
Man, when I read that story, it makes... I, I need to take an anger, an anger management class sometimes because when I read that story, it makes me mad. What is wrong with you people? I mean, you went through the Red Sea, you drank water out of a rock, and you in the Jordan River, and, and there's, there are giants on the other side, but you've already been through so much. What makes you think that God's not going to take care of this? Listen to me. First General Baptist Church in 2021, thousands of years removed from that Old Testament story. 2,000 years removed from the pastor of the Hebrew church writing to that church. But it's still just as applicable to us today as it was to them. First General Baptist Church, listen. After all that you've been through, after all that you have seen God do for you, after all that you've been through. You know what I'm going to do one day? The price of your car is really small potatoes. But I'm going to, I'm going to have Aaron one, one day go out into our parking lot, wait for a day as kind of an average crowd. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have him go out in the parking lot and just give me a rough estimate of the price of all the cars in our lot. Okay? I have no idea what that's going to be. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask him to come back in. We're going to tell you the, the average price. Of course, last, last few months it's went up. But anyway, uh, just the price of the cars that we drive to church. The fact is you, you drove... Uh, you drove to church. That's something. But that ain't nothing compared to what God's really done in your life. Nothing. Well, you know, there's a whole lot of issues bigger than the price of my car. Absolutely. Absolutely. After all that God has done for you, and after all that God has done in you, and after all that you've seen him do, why do you think that he would abandon you now? He won't. He will not leave you or forsake you. Why do you think he would? Change your thought. Change your belief. Change your faith. An evil heart of unbelief is forgetting the past and what he's done for you and what he can do for you in the future. It's moving on to the next thing, knowing that he's going to lead you on to the next thing because that's what he does day by day. First day, second day, third, third day. But there's always another day until heaven is that last day. After all that God has done for you, why do you think that he's not going to keep doing it. Why do you think that he's going to give up on you? Because he's not. There's that hard heart. Be careful of that where you just don't care like you used to. Be careful of the straying heart. Oh, let's go back. No, we're not going back. No, we're not going back. Be careful of that evil heart of, un, of unbelief that forgets all that he has done. And you're wondering, but is he going to be with me now? 
He absolutely is. I'm going to ask you to stand. I think this morning for our prayer, we're doing uh, just instrument, I think. We're, I'm going to ask you to stand. This will be our prayer time. If you need to come to an altar and pray, I'm going to ask you to ask you to bow your head with me, please. And uh, just allowing the, the Holy Spirit to speak and to give him a chance to work. I, I believe the Lord wanted me to slow down and do just these three things, just talk about these three things, because there would be people here who need to hear these three things. And each one of the three is different, and you may not, you know, may, the, all three may not apply to you, but maybe one does. Lord, I need to be careful of that one. Lord, I can see that in me. I, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't want to become indifferent. That's not who I want to be. I don't want to always be thinking, oh, let's just quit. Let's just go back. I want to stop that. And I don't want to be that person who has forgotten what God has done. I want to remember what God has done. And I want to look forward. I'm looking forward to what he will do. God is going to do great things next. And I want to live like that. I want to believe that. I want to believe that. And I want to live that. If you need to come by the prompting of God's Holy Spirit, if you need to come this morning and pray, just talk to, talk to Jesus about anything, we, we invite you to come. As the guitar is played, if you want to come and spend some time in prayer, we invite you to come.